I'm Anastasia, and this is Vibrant Life Unlocked. Here we have intimate and insightful conversations about everything that makes life more vibrant. The energy, the power, the adventure to look at life with a fresh perspective, while giving you the support to develop a method and strategy to live life to its fullest. This is Vibrant Life Unlocked. Hi, everyone. Today, my guest is one of the most fashionable, creative, busiest, and vibrant women I know, Esther Lee Leach. Esther is the Director of Membership Development, Events, and Partnerships at Clayton Members Club and Hotel in Denver. She is also the publisher and editor-in-chief of Cherry Creek Fashion Magazine. Esther grew up on the Caribbean island of St. Lucia and has lived in San Francisco, New York, and London. She's a mom to a handsome six-year-old boy, Hunter. Welcome, Esther. Thank you so much for having me. What else? What else do you do in your busy, vibrant life? <laughs> oh, my God, so much. Like, I have with my friends a lot. Like, I love going to art talks and movies, and I just really try to have a lot of creative and art stuff in my life all the time. Yes, because you're probably unofficial mayor of Cherry Creek. <laughs> no. <laughs> and everything you do, and you do it with such grace and poise and confidence. And I was curious, Esther, have you always been this confident and vibrant? I kind of have. And I have to thank my mom because she was always the one telling me that you can do whatever you want. You're fantastic. You can achieve whatever you want, but you have to work really hard. So these lessons I take with me like today and every single day, but the way she treated like myself and my sister instilling that confidence in us, I, I think that's how I am, the way I am right now. It's, it's all because of my mom. And now that you are mom yourself, is there anything specific, like specific phrases that you are sharing with Hunter? Yes, I always tell him almost every day, do you know how wonderful you are? <laughs> I'm always like, and he goes like, yes. <laughs> So that's something my mom used to do with me as well. Like, do you know, just like think about it, but do you know how wonderful you are? Do you know how kind you are? Do you know how giving you are? Just sort of prompts like that. So they actually think and analyze themselves and see, you know what? Mom's actually right. I am actually wonderful today because I was kind to my friends. Or just something like that. It's always good to give kids positive um, reinforcement and positive phrases that they can take with them and think about, you know, the positive things in their life. And specifically, does your mom still live in St. Lucia? Yeah, she does. She's still in St. Lucia. She was in Denver visiting us um, over Christmas and over the holidays. Growing up in St. Lucia, how did it shape you? Right. So in St. Lucia, it's a very small island. It's probably about 200,000 people. Everybody knows everybody. And you can't leave your home without meeting 10 people you know, your friends live down the street, your family lives next door. So it really shaped my view of community. Like that's why I love Cherry Creek so much because it is a small community. I live here, I work here, I own my business here. And once I step outside my door, I see five friends <laughs> and five work colleagues. And it's just, it's really nice. Like I'm used to growing up in that sort of close knit environment and I thrive in that sort of community. And it's really nice because if you need help, you can call somebody down the street. Like you always know somebody next door, which is just a really nice way to live. And since you lived in San Francisco, London, New York, is that correct? Yes, New York as well. 
Did you have the same experience there or is it something that is truly unique to Denver? It is truly unique to Denver. Denver has one of the strongest sense of communities I've seen since I left St. Lucia. Because the sense of like a bigger city like New York, San Francisco, London, you do have your own friends, but the the thought of like talking to anybody anywhere knocking on your neighbor's door is not really, really there. I barely knew my neighbors <laughs> in those biggest cities. I had my circle of friends and you kind of stick to your own circle of friends and colleagues, but you don't really have that close-knit sense of community that I've found in Denver and that I grew up with in St. Lucia as well. That's great to know that we're kind of like sister cities, Denver and St. Lucia, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. When did you really discover your passion for fashion? A very, very young age, when I look back at my old photos, I used to take my mom's clothes, my grandma's clothes and dress up in their little church hats. So I've always really loved fashion. I started modeling in the cabinet when I was only 14. My sister and I designed a fashion line as well. Um, then I started like fashion writing and editing and styling. So I've always loved just expressing yourself in how you dress. Like my mom is a beautiful dresser. So I watched her growing up and she was getting her makeup ready. And I just saw how people reacted to her because of the way she dressed. And I always wanted to do that as well. And it's so close to my heart because that's exactly how my mom was. Like she definitely was that role model. And I remember when her and my dad, they were getting ready to an event and she's putting the shoes. I was like, this is like Cinderella <laughs> movie, right? And this like perfume. And I like, I don't know how she would get the most incredible French perfume like back in USSR, but she did it. That's amazing. But yeah, you have these memories as a child and you idealize like you're your mother and it's just like, you want to be that too, which is really nice. And at what point did you realize that fashion will be, and just creative arts will be your career? The thing is, when I was growing up, I grew up in a very creative household. Both my parents are writers, they're published authors. We we're always exposed to like newspapers every Saturday in the house and like having friends who are artists. So it was always just a natural thing for me and my family growing up. So I was always interested in that. But in school, I wanted to go the opposite way. You know how kids rebel? I'm like, I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> I don't want to be a writer because my parents are writers. I don't want to follow their path. And I actually studied like in high school, my majors in high school were like biology and chemistry and physics and math. And I love math. I won lots of math awards. But at the end of the day, I truly enjoyed English and literature and my art class and writing and doing plays. I was in the theater as well. So I always had the science in school, but on the side, I always did something artistic and I just found more joy in that. And after I left high school, I thought, you know what? I, I actually want to be a writer, <laughs> even though I didn't want to follow my parents just because they're doing it as a teenager. I actually love doing that. And I love having like a blank sheet of paper a blank canvas and like doing whatever you want on that piece of paper or canvas and people reacting to that and having feelings about what you've created. That's something like really, really powerful. And it sounds like you and your sister and your mom, like she raised you to be these powerful, independent women. And you know that you can live anywhere in the world and you can do anything you want. And you can't just fit into one box. You can't just have one title. You like such a creator of your life. Right, exactly. That's how my mom was too. She was a writer, she was a creative. 
but she just retired from running a government agency <laughs> in St. Lucia. So she always did a mixture of things. She was on television a lot. So she really showed us that we don't have to do just one thing. We don't have to just fit into a box. Like my sister now runs a TV station in St. Lucia and she does short films as well and music videos. So we've always done like multiple things. And I think that's how we are at our most happy state. And let's talk about happy states and let's talk about happy and vibrant. How do you define a vibrant life? A vibrant life is just like, sometimes you can't read it into words, but it's just the feeling that you fulfilled. That's what I see as vibrant. And I know now at my very old age of 41, <laughs> what makes me vibrant, what fulfills me and like what drains me and what doesn't. So I'm very, I think it comes to the age, so I'm very aware of like, when I feel like very high vibrancy or when I feel like a decrease in that, I always analyze and know why. And what depletes your energy? Or who depletes? We're not going to name names. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, right, I can tell you, I always find when my energy is depleted, I haven't spent enough time with my son during the week, with my husband, with my friends. And when I feel like very vibrant, it's because I've done multiple things with my friends and my family in the week. And it, it's always, always happens. It's like clockwork. So now I make sure that I schedule things with my family and friends just to make sure I'm always feeling like this. And also depleting like people who are just constantly negative. So I really try to surround myself with positive people, my friends who like encourage my goals and who are just happy for me just because. And now I'm very well aware of judging like the type of people who are around me. So if you're positive and if you're supportive, I am the same. I want you in my life. If you're going to be negative and just constantly like, no, this isn't good. No, 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 no. Well, I don't want that in my life right now. You know, I love you. Good luck in your life, but that's not right for my life. And it's okay to do that. Sometimes people find it hard to detach from like negative people in their life because they feel guilty about doing that. But like, it's your life and you really have to protect your space and your mental health. And I'm really big in protecting my energy as well. And sometimes some people change, right? Maybe they were not negative two years ago, but now they are. And speaking of protecting your environment, protecting your energy, how do you stay on good vibrancy and high frequency when there's so many terrible things that are happening in the world? The thing is, I kind of control what like, I take in. Sometimes I have to stop reading the news. Do you know what I mean? It's not like I don't want to know the reality of what's going on in the world, but I know this is happening, but I can't take it in every single day because like, I'm a very sensitive person and it doesn't affect me when I see a lot of suffering all the time. So I want to be aware of what's going on, but I really have to protect my mental health. I can't feed into this every single day. So it's all about what you take in. Am I getting enough sleep? I know I don't feel as vibrant if I don't stay up working late, like, you know, three nights in a row. And I know, well, I kind of had to go to bed early. So it's the obvious things, eating properly, making sure I get a little exercise and like spending time with the people I love. That's like huge for me. That's like a, before anything else, that's at the top of my list and what really feeds me and makes me happy. You are people's person. Like you love bringing people for a joint shared vision and making a difference and changing the world. So how do you connect that passion for community and your passion for fashion? So I started a magazine called 
Cherry Creek fashion when I moved to Denver because I didn't see enough community like in the fashion industry. And we have a really great industry here, but I just wanted to see a more diverse community. And I wasn't seeing that in the publications that we had. So I said, let me start my magazine. <laughs> so I'm going to build an online community through those stories and really just show people like all different people from different backgrounds in the industry. And like it really, really worked. People loved reading and hearing the stories and hearing the inspirations from people who didn't necessarily look like them. So that's how I really tried to sort of build a community, like using fashion as a background. I always say it's not the top priority in my magazine. It's just like the background. We wear beautiful clothes, but let's tell a really personal story. It's the framework, but it's not the actual content. Exactly. So often people think, well, fashion, it's, it's like for this fashion people. And for you, fashion is your ingredient for living a vibrant life. So how do you think fashion really help us to live a more vibrant life? The thing is like clothes, like we kind of have to wear it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like a really practical thing. I always see it as I have to do this. So why don't I use fashion to express my personality, to sort of control how I show up in the world? Because it sounds very, very shallow, but we all judge each other visually very instantly. So how do I want to show a piece of myself that somebody can instantly connect with? And that's how I use fashion. It's like, what makes me happy? Like I am a fashion editor, but I don't necessarily follow the trends. And I always tell people, don't follow the trend. They're there to sell clothes. <laughs> so really just like what makes you happy, what makes you comfortable. And you know, instantly when you put something on the way you move, Am I feeling comfortable? Don't have to, I don't have to pull on anything today. Then like embrace that and embrace what really makes you feel like you. Don't wear like neon green if that's not your thing. Like I don't wear a lot of bright colors, even though it's trending now. Like do you, do you, I always say that. And if some people not comfortable being kind of like showy and standing out, yet they would still like to have their own style. What advice do you have for them? I say like look up the different designers who are a little more conservative if that's your style like you don't have to be loud and out there the majority of my closet is black brown and gray and white because <laughs> that's the colors that i feel most comfortable in once in a while you'll find me wearing something bright but like do what makes you feel comfortable like you want like a button up to hair that's what feels like you do it and people will appreciate you for you because like there's nobody else like you in this world. So there's no need to copy what other people are doing. Just do whatever makes you feel comfortable. Speaking of comfort, what fashion advice would you give to Denver men? Denver men, Denver men dress up some more sometimes. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't tell them what to do though. Like wear your casual, wear your mountain gear if you want. But just dress up sometimes. Just try it. Just try it. If you feel comfortable, you do you. That's the thing. <laughs> But it's fun to mix it up. And I think it's never too late to reinvent yourself. My dad is 73 years old and he loves his fashion. And it's, it's getting brighter and brighter and brighter as he ages. It's reverse. It's like I'm old now, do whatever I want to do. Uh, exactly. It's like, I can do whatever. You know, I can do a pink head to toe. I and mean, he feels great. Maybe he just feels more free in this environment. So he's expressing himself. <laughs> yeah, that's great. What practices do you have? Like your morning routine? How do you start your day to make sure that you set yourself for success? 
most mornings I try, and I say I try because I have a six-year-old, I try to kind of practice gratitude. Like what five things am I grateful for that are coming today? And I say, thank you for things that haven't arrived yet. So if I had this podcast, I would say, oh my God, thank you so much for this podcast that I have at 10 a.m. today. I'm so excited about this. So I really try to do that most mornings, but sometimes my six-year-old runs into the bed at like 5.30 a.m. <laughs> we start with him and get ready for school and his breakfast and stuff. So I don't always have the time, but if I don't do it in the morning, I try to kind of do it during the day. Because I always find, even though there's a bad day happening, there's always something to be thankful for. So that really helps. Yeah. In America, Esther, I don't know if you noticed that, but so often once you become a parent, your identity becomes a mom's identity and you really, your activity are your kid's activity. Was it like that in St. Lucia? How do you balance? No, because in St. Lucia, even though you have kids, like you still have your own life. And we have a lot of aunties in St. Lucia. So you call an auntie to take care of your child, a good friend of yours. And then you go out with your friends. Like it's really about balancing and I find that I'm happier if I have my own life and also it's good for your kids to see that you have your own life because that helps them like with their identity as well and they're finding like their own personal happiness so like I'm a mom like I love being a mom but I love having my work and my friends life that have absolutely nothing to do with my child <laughs> so I do have some mom friends but a lot of my friends like we don't talk about kids at all. So we just talk like about ourselves and our lives. And I think that's really, really healthy to do. And don't feel guilty. And maybe just say, maybe we should have some adult conversations, right? Exactly. exactly. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Adult time is very, very important because otherwise it's just this becomes kind of uh, a little mundane for some people. What advice would you give to our listeners, uh, given your unique background, growing up in St. Lucia, having this like island vibes, island lifestyle? How can people make small changes to live more vibrant lives? So the first thing I always say is gratitude. Find something in your life every single day to be grateful for. And just thank God, the universe, whoever you follow, just say thank you for whatever good is in your life. It doesn't matter how horrible it is. You can be thankful for breathing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like if you have a terrible day, well, I'm actually breathing. So I'm, I'm still alive. So that's something to be thankful for. And then spend time with people who fill you up. Find these. It could be one person in your life. It could be five. It could be 20 find these people and always find time to call them, to text them, to spend time with them in person, because that really helps like all other parts of your life, knowing that you have people that you can actually rely on. That's super, super helpful. And it's probably hard for you because you still have your mom and your sister there in St. Lucia. And sounds like you and your sister, you're not just sisters, but you're also creative collaborators. How do you manage that? Like having your sister across the world and your mom? It's very, very hard. I miss them all the time, but we, we practically talk every single day. So we either do like we're on WhatsApp a lot, we're video calling. She has a great relationship with um, my son as well. <laughs> he calls her Titi. <laughs> I put the phone and they just chat together by themselves. So we just use a lot of technology just to stay in touch. And then we visit back and forth. So I always try to go to St. Lucia at least once a year. I've missed the last couple of years because of, of COVID, but I want to go this year, but we just try to keep in touch like constantly. You know what's going on in my life, I know what's going on in their life, and we just keep it up like that. Since you moved to Colorado, it's been how many years now? 
I moved in 2014, so about like seven and a half, eight years now. Have you picked up like any new hobbies? So snowshoeing. <laughs> I love, I love, absolutely love. I never thought I'd love the snow because I grew up in an island. So in on the island, the, the weekend activities was like the beach and the boat. But here, I love the mountains. I love going to Telluride is one of my favorite. I'm going to Vail next week. And I love that there's so much outdoor space that you can kind of do anything in any season. So in Colorado, like I'm never ever bored. That's the thing. It's like, there's always something to do, which is so good. You just need to plan it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Because <laughs> things get busy in Colorado, unless you plan it. You gotta have a plan. What was one lesson, or maybe it was one life event that definitely like shifted the vibrancy in your life? And what did it teach you, that one event? I would say having my son, because that's something that's so joyful, but it's also very difficult too, because in the beginning, there is a lot of shifting and there is a lot of trying to keep your identity. Because we were talking about when you have a child in America, it becomes all about the child. So there's a sort of fight with, no, no, this is my priority but I'm still me and I still want to maintain that. So that's definitely something that it kind of decreases a bit when you have a child. And some people don't like to say that because it sounds bad, but it's like, you have no sleep. <laughs> you have no time for yourself. So it does shift and it does decrease at that time. But when you just get used to the rhythm and you get used to having this thing that is just the most important, but knowing that keeping my life is still important, then it increases again. So that was like the biggest shift like ever in my life. And I would imagine that here in Denver, you don't have your aunties. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I do miss that very much. I'm trying to get my sister to move here, but she has a very good life in St. Lucia. <laughs> <laughs> how do you manage? Like, what advice do you have for other parents? Like, how do you carve out time for yourself and for your passions? The thing is, it's because of my husband. Like, he is a very, very hands-on father. I couldn't be with anybody else that wasn't. And we really, really share the responsibility half-half. And sometimes it's 70% him and 30% me. Or sometimes it's like 70% me and 30% him, depending on what's going on in our lives. And we have an understanding that sometimes our work comes first and we have to go do that, concentrate on that. Then we're back home with the family. That's the only way it works for us. Like we do like often on nights for bedtime. So if it's my off night, I'll go out with my friends <laughs> or he'll go to buy his friends if he's off that night. But we know that's important to keep our own lives as well, even though this child is our top priority. So that like, that's the only way we can do it. And support each other when one person wants to do something with their friends versus saying, oh, but what about us? <laughs> no, no, I couldn't operate in that environment. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. You mentioned that you keep learning about yourself as you grow. What advice would you give to 21-year-old Esther? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a really tough question. And you still look like you're 21. <laughs> I hope so. That's, That's a, a weird question. Okay. <laughs> That's a weird question. I would say just like continue doing what you're doing. Because I remember being 21 and being like very sure of myself. But at, at that age, you still sort of worry about what people think about you. Now at 41, I mean, I don't care what people think about me. I know I'm very sure of myself. But at that age, I'd say, just continue doing what you're doing. You know what you're doing. And just believe in yourself and just not worry. Don't worry about all the noise. Just continue on your path. That's what I would say. Trust yourself and just stay in your lane. Trust your gut. You, you know what you're doing, even though you're young. That's really powerful. Yeah. 
And I love what you said that now that you just slightly a little bit older, like you don't care. <laughs> you don't care what other people think. You just know you're a good person. Yeah. Like I know that I know my stuff. I know what I know. I know what I don't know. And I'm okay saying what I don't know. So it's this like confidence that comes with age. That's really, really powerful. So you were able to do the vibrancy life scan. That is the tool that I developed and your scores were of the charts for everything. <laughs> all the charts. That's really good. Yes. All areas of your life. How are you managing to live such a vibrant life? What are you doing to be able to do this? Because I kind of know now what I want out of life, what I like, like my top priority is my family and then spending time with my friends and like doing things that make me happy. And I know that I'm very, very lucky. Like I'm at Clayton, like doing stuff that I love, like this is my work, <laughs> bringing people together and forming community and planning events and making sure everybody feels welcome is my job. Like, how is that a job? <laughs> I don't know. Thank you for paying me for doing this. <laughs> and then having my magazine. <laughs> and then having my magazine, that's another job. I get to just create stories and look for interesting people. So kind of feeding myself and doing what I love is how I stay vibrant. And I always say, I know when it increases and decreases and why, Am I spending enough time with the people who support me? So that's always something that's at the top of my list that keeps me vibrant every day. But just make sure that all these things that you know makes you happy, that you do it frequently. You have to be the master of time management with everything that you have going on. What is your number one time management tip? I would say prioritize what you want to do and don't procrastinate. Because some, sometimes, some days I'm like, I have this to-do list and you just keep on going through a to-do list instead of just starting one. So I always say, make your list and do the first one and only think about the first one when you're doing it. Don't think about the next 20. That's the only way you'll complete that one task, cross it off, and then you go to the next one and you only think about that task in that moment. Does that make sense? Like just kind of concentrating on one thing at a time. Like if I'm at work, I'm at work. If I'm with my son, I'm with my son. So I really try to concentrate in the moment of what I'm doing and stop like, you know, running through my brain to think other things I have to do because I've, I've done that before and I found you don't actually accomplish anything <laughs> by thinking about what you have to do, like concentrate on actually doing that thing in the moment. And being present, just really fully present. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Any tips for self-care? self-care like gratitude and also taking the time like being selfish sometimes because i find hair sometimes especially when you have kids guys always say i have to go for bed with my friends and women are like i don't want to leave my kid <laughs> so i actually learned that from my husband like being a little bit selfish like i have to go to bed early tonight i'm gonna take a bath so i always learn that and do these things like and it's okay like it's okay to take time for your life because you're not gonna be at 100% in other areas of your life or be there for your friends and family if you're not taking care of yourself. So just think of things, as you said, that fill your cup and visualize what fills my cup, how do I feel better, and don't wait until you're at zero. I've done that before. Don't wait until you're at zero. When you find yourself getting tired, just take some time for yourself. And it could be really simple things that doesn't cost anything, like a walk in the park, sit on a bench of a friend, like having a little gossip, you know, things like that, that cost nothing. It's so good for you. Just slowing down, allow yourself to slow down and knowing that this is sometimes the best thing you can do. Not necessarily like go on a big vacation, but do like day to day little things. 
It's like the daily things that you repeat, do a little yoga, do a little 20 minute exercise, your 10 minute ab session, but just the little things really add up during the day. Esther, you're such a picture perfect of vibrancy and fashion and kindness and style and like this is off the record but when you see that somebody needs help like you go above and beyond to help people and you truly like the person who is beautiful inside and out and if our listeners would like to connect with you how can they do that so they can follow me on instagram and dm me at esther lee leach um they can also follow cherry creek fashion my magazine but I, i'm always in my dms <laughs> So you can just drop a message in there and I'll always answer. Or you can go to Clayton Membership Club. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thank yeah. you so much, Esther, for being here oh, today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you, darling. Thank you for listening to Vibrant Life Unlocked. Submit your questions and explore free resources at vibrantlifeunlocked.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and review it on your favorite podcast platform, as well as connect on social at Vibrant Life Unlocked. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.